Anybody told you today, but I love you and I'm proud of you. And I'm also here with my feature co-host, Grantastic, y'all. It's your boy Grantastic, aka the Professor, aka my HBCU is better than yours, Bowie State, rapping for real, and aka new segment today. Uh oh, uh oh. Listen. So you know how I like to do in the beginning of the show. You know I like to promote. My books and business segment. With that being said, I am now by myself. 
That's fine. I'll just drink. Um, listen, I'm gonna do this real quick. Uh, there's a book I want you guys to get. I've been promoting this for the past ten episodes. It is called Millennial. No, I mean sorry, Melanin. What makes black people black? This is a scientific breakdown of what melanin is and why some people have large majority of it and some don't. Why it was given, what it does, and all of that in one book. Please get it. You see the information right there. It's on Amazon, um, and it's only $9.95. So if you don't have $9.95 to educate yourself, then borrow it from a friend or family. Rob somebody, do something, just get some education. My goodness, the next book I want to highlight for you guys to read is, and I, this is very important for today's climate, Constitutional Law, the Introduction to Constitutional Law, the 100 Supreme Court Cases Everyone Should Know About. How can you cast a vote in a system that you know nothing about. And if if the only thing you can quote about the system is that it's against you, well, duh, we know that. But what specifically is in the system that's against you? Can you identify that, and can you bring about a solution to that? If you cannot, then I question your studying. I question your drive to better this country. I question your love for your people, because believe it or not, the American government was not just founded and started and created when America was established. This type of government has been here long before certain individuals walked out the Carcass Mountain. Anyway, there is a website I want to also promote. You know her. She's been on our show. Kimberly Giles, 12shapes.com. And ladies and gentlemen, you will find out the 12 shapes relationship system. You will find out which shape you are and what specific situation in your relationship and also your significant other so you can respond accordingly. This is something that needs to be taught from high school to colleges and it's relationship education, how to effectively communicate with the person you're involved with and not trying to change how they communicate with you. (sighs) But y'all don't hear me though Lastly Gotta promote my big homie My big bro At imzowilliams.com Go support Zoe Williams He's always been there Supporting me Uh, He loves True Nation by the way We're trying to get him on the show Book him Um, Listen we're actually planning to do a, a huge, a huge, a huge show. We're going to have Zoe on there, Corey Hawkum, Riza Islam, and David Banner is going to come on the show all at once. And um, we're going to do it at the same time where Corey Hawkum is streaming the 5150 show. So it would be a cross-promotion of, on, on both platforms. Um, and it would be a nice dialogue. I want to shout out to everyone that's helping me put that together. Um, the date of that show will be available soon. And ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, I'm going to take a quick 2.2 minute break. And when we come back, we're going to dive into our new segment, Chew or Choke. This is the Chew on That 
radio show. The number to dial if you want to tune in is 516-531-9828. 516-531-9828. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll be right back after this quick commercial break. Got to pay the bills. Gentlemen, it's the Chew on that show. We are back. I am here with my illustrious co-host, Christopher J, yes, aka, aka Mr. I'm him. Okay. Oh yeah. They, they, aka, aka. I don't know if y'all know, but if anybody told you, but I'm proud of you, and I love you. And aka, Mr. Skirt Skirt. There it is. We wait for that joint. And I'm also here with my featured co-host. Mr. Greentastic, everybody, is your boy, a.k.a. The Professor, a.k.a. George Hogonan, a.k.a. Black Educators Matter. Yeah, boy. Okay, okay. So, 
Jay, it's on you. Take it over. Okay, everyone. So before we get into the chew or choke on that, I want to introduce our guest today. So we're talking about mental health, so it's only just suitable that we bring on someone who is an expert. So we have Dr. Humphrey, who's coming on today, who is a licensed therapist and counselor, also a million other things. Remember, Dr. Humphrey, so make sure you put that respect on that name. That's D-R, D-R, period. period. Put some respect on her name. Put respect on her name. Okay. okay, she's done many things in the field of counseling, so, therapy, and in education. So she's going to join us on the Chew or Choke segment? She's going to join us on the Chew and Choke segment as well. Yeah, she's ready to go. She okay, got, she's locked and loaded, ready to go. Poppin'. All right. So, everyone, so we know how the Chew and Choke on that goes. All right, so we have just a couple lighthearted segments, okay, that we have. And fellas, if you're feeling it, chew on that, okay? Uh-huh. If you're not uh-huh. feeling it, some BS or some trash. Choke on it. Choke on it. All right. So we're going to go through. We're going to start. And also, uh, we have a giveaway during this segment. So for those who are on Instagram Live, those who give away, shout out some love. Those I will announce the winner at the end of the segment. Okay. So we're going to start off really light. We're going to talk about some sports. Um, So we're talking about (sighs) a new look. Uh-oh. For for one of the kind of goats in the uh, in the league, okay, we have a little clip of Tom Brady, and he's a little relaxed in Tampa Bay now. He's not in in, in New England, so he's oh, in Tampa Lord. Bay, a little relaxed. Okay, so him and Gronk has this new little segment. I'm gonna play a little audio from it. Okay, this is them having fun now. Dad jokes. Dad oh, jokes. Perfect. And Tom's new uh, relaxed mode in their jag in their dad joke segment. That's that white privilege at it again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say choke on that. Everyone, everyone, unanimous. Uh, even the doctor said choke on. Actually, it. you know something? I'm sorry. I'm gonna have to switch it up. <laughs> I'm gonna have to chew on that because I'm kind of the king of dad jokes in my classroom. I'm sorry. I, I, I is. Tentacles. I'm willing to get it. How many tickles? Tentacles. Tentacles. All right. So yeah. Okay. No love over here. It's a lot. It's a lot. No, no love over here. Okay. Let's go to Axel. We're gonna stay in the sports world. Um, so, ladies and gentlemen, the NBA Finals are upon us, and COVID put a big break in it. But the NBA Finals is upon us. So their storyline is LeBron is going against the last team, his old team. LeBron against the Heat. What do y'all think about these finals? Y'all up for it? You like it, the Heat and the Lakers? Or are you just like, eh, it's another just little thing? What do y'all think? What do y'all think? Lakers and Heat, Braun versus old team. I'm going to say true on that. Shout out to LeBron, who, despite all the hatred, still seems to soar. I'm going to at least leave it at that. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Christopher Red? I mean, I'm going to say true. I really don't care. Oh. 
You asked my personal opinion. Okay, okay. okay. I doc doctor chewing that. I'm doing chewing that as well. Okay. All right. This man is this man in ten years old. Nine finals. He only missed one. Mm. Mm. He's LeBron by himself has had more finals appearance than every other organization besides three. By himself. Finals appearances. That's something. All right, so <laughs> this should be good. It, you know, now if we were not, if they weren't in the bubble and we had the games in the stadium, that would be a that would be a good thing. L.A. Heat, Miami Heat, uh-huh. it will be popping. The finals will be popping right okay, now. So okay, okay. Um, so kind of thinking about like the Miami thing. Miami's a very sexy place to be. So you know, we're gonna talk, bring it back to a little little sexiness talk. We're uh-huh. gonna talk for the man. We're gonna talk about the man. So we're talking about manhood. We're talking about brotherhood. We're talking okay. about fatherhood. Okay. Now we're going to talk about manscaping. Manscaping down below the belt. What y'all think? You think brothers should be tidying up and cleaning up behind the belt, especially if they're going to be in Miami trying to try split some? Listen. Yeah. I got more colognes than, than, than the red alphabets, okay? I like to smell good. And that, that, we're not just talking about smell good. We're talking about hygiene. Oh, we got the doc- Hold up. The doctor said. Choke Choke on on that? that? What? Oh, you like you like taco meat, don't you? Now, what do you mean? Do you mean going all the way bare or just trimming the trees? I mean, of course, right? You want to you want to make sure you take care of yourself and smell good, but you're good, you're me. Okay, okay. That's my opinion. That's her opinion. She is preference based. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I suppose. That's I'm, 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 a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a barber, so you know, too much hair does trap sweat and and, and it's dirt and it just. Yeah, he has a Jerusalem beard. So there has to be a lot of hygiene even with cleaning my beard. You know what I mean? So I, yeah, it's, it's got to be some kind hey, of control. Listen. But you know, the, the thing about it is, is that people attack each other by smell as well. That's also Ooh. true. That is true. You talk about the pheromones. Ooh. Yes, there you go. So you smell too dirty. I don't know. Uh oh. Okay. Ooh. Hot dog. So maybe not. No. 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 Uh. So maybe. So actually, on the side I was looking, they say that they for men have a pH balance soap now for men in their you know the lower regions, and I was I don't know I just. Didn't know what to think about that. Um, well, check, yeah, that's kind of awkward. Is that, is that not, a little too much? Not, no, not necessarily. This is not now. My medical background comes into play because oh. you have to understand that you have uh, some men who are not uh, circumcised. Therefore, okay. there's an entrapment in bacteria and normal flora and germs under the skin. Mm-hmm. So maintaining a certain uh, pH balance will help uh, along with cleanliness. Oh my gosh! All right, okay. uh, moving on. Okay, so we're going from manscaping to someone who is, we want to escape the White House. Um, so a report came out in probably just good timing for this debate mm. on Trump paying just seven hundred and fifty dollars of taxes that he only filed the year he was elected and the year before. Mm. So what do y'all think about Trump and and you know getting by on some taxes? What do y'all think? Um. I just want to say this. I want everyone on True Nation to start a hashtag. Hashtag free Wesley Snipes, man. From all his debt. <laughs> they owe to the IRS. Get that man his record and reputation back because Donald Trump. Never mind. Let me just show yeah, yeah, yeah. We're about to go all the yeah. way. Yeah. Uh, Doc, what do you yeah. think? Chewing that, choke on that. 
Trump getting only paying seven hundred fifty dollars of taxes. Okay, yeah, choke on it. Choke on that. Okay, so can I play devil's advocate for just one moment? Mm-hmm. I'm gonna say two. Talk. Because there's two. There's two. I realized, and I read this meme, and I and I thought about it, and I realized that it really was two groups of people who have had a reaction to this. So one group of people are like, "How dare he only pay taxes two years and get away with it?" And then there's another group of people who's like, "He paid only two years of taxes and got away with it." How do I do that? Yeah. So, you know, yeah. so again, it's like, I don't necessarily approve because the thing about Trump is not the only person in America who's done this. That is correct. Not nowhere close. There is people. Amazon didn't pay no taxes uh, well, like a year or two ago. And yeah. they won the highest revenue years. If you preside over this corrupt regime of a corporation we call the United States of America, you are supposed. Y'all just in time, people. To be an example to the uh, alleged citizens here, because if Barack Obama would have did this, and I'm not a Barack Obama fan, by the way, but if he would have did that in his taxes, then they would have been rioting and protesting for him to be removed from office. Yeah. So I don't know. I just I kind of want to know how he did it, just just in case you know I get that kind of money, I could do that too. All right. Um, and then last but not least, so a question we presented on Instagram, um, getting some of the opinions of the people. Uh, we're talking about mental health today. So we're talking about, I've been thinking this. This is kind of like my own personal thing I wanted to throw up onto the panel. Churches, mm. temples, mosques, wherever you practice your religion, mm-hmm. should they have a licensed therapist or a counselor on staff and also, if they do, should they also be a part of the marital uh, counseling process of anyone that needs to speak to the pastor? Should they be a part of that process? So licensed therapists being in any church or mosque or temple, should they have one on staff? I know that we have one on staff at the church that I attend because we do a lot of community work. We deal with a lot of single moms. We deal with a lot of uh, people who just kind of came out of the uh, prison system. Um, we do a lot of community work. Um, and I know for a fact that the senior pastors do not want to sit there and listen to everyone's problems because they actually do real work in real time and in the community. And so, and uh, they understand that su- that 98% of churches and the religion that we call Christianity has brainwashed, duped, set up, and manipulated people for their own benefit. So to remove themselves from being accused of any stupidity, they hired a professional. And any church member can go to this professional at their discretion and don't need permission or to even say to the senior leadership that they've done this. So what do we think, y'all? Chew on that, choke on that. We should have some licensed therapists and counselors at these places we worship. What do y'all think? I say chew on that. My reason isn't necessarily along those lines. I mean, ooh, ooh. Go ahead. Go ahead. oh man, I'm actually curious. Um, but I'm, I'm I'm gonna say uh, chew on that um, because 
everyone that comes into the church, they not may not always be a, a firm believer in whatever establishment or religion that that they're they're teaching. So someone needs to be able to go in and and feel comfortable at least being able to speak or or talk about their feeling, whatever the case is. Because what if they come in? What if they were invited? Um, and they don't necessarily agree. At least they can say that they have someone else to talk to. Mm. So, yeah, that's, that's my belief. We'll go to Dr. Humphrey. Okay, she talk to us, Humphrey. Talk to us. So it's important to know the difference, right? So this is the thing. So you, when you think about somebody who needs additional support, that's like a case manager. Mm-hmm. You want to be careful when you think of the dual relationship. So, for example, I'm a licensed clinical counselor, but I'm also Mr. Grant's friend. So I couldn't be his counselor. It would, it would be a dual relationship. It wouldn't be ethical. So he would need to go somewhere else. Now, there are Christian counselors. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. you, would, you would be referred to a Christian counselor. Now, if you want to have resources at the church where you can then refer folks out and they can speak for Christian counseling, absolutely. Oh, I see what she's saying. Yeah. 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 Somebody yeah. within the church, it becomes very, it can become very Yeah, awesome. yeah. No, no, no. So that is even so. Interest. Yeah, yeah, and that's why that's why the yeah. church that I right, attend, okay. right. uh, the the counselor is not a church member, but is a okay. Christian. That makes sense. Yeah, um, yeah. So I mean, but before COVID, you can go to our office, but now you can do like Zoom calls, and yeah. all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so no, I I now from her, that perspective, I agree with the okay. doctor. Yeah, 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 I definitely, I agree. definitely I agree. agree with the doctor on that one. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, yeah. All right, y'all. So that's it for Chew on Talk on that. Thank you for uh, embracing me. All right, people live. Oh, give me a number from one to five, y'all. Give me number one to five. Chris, go ahead. Quattro. Okay, I'm going to multiply that times three, and then that person is going to win our prize of this evening. I will announce it at the end of the show because we're going to go ahead and take this break. And the number to dial is 516-531-9828. 516-531-9828. Listen, so last week we had a very interesting conversation. We ended off our, our black men, excuse me, our black men leadership uh, series, and we talked about manhood, brotherhood, fatherhood. Correct. Then towards the end, we started talking about mental issues and mental health. Um, and so when we did that, um, when we did that, um, I thought, so okay, let's let's designate a show specifically f- towards mental health, and let's find someone that we feel can has the expertise and and the credentials and also the common sense and knowledge to actually speak into this. So, Jason, uh, uh, I'm sorry, Grant, Mr. Grant Tastic himself, you <laughs> found us a very very special. Um, guest, and I want Dr. Humphrey to introduce herself um, as we dive into the topic of today's show, mental health, counseling, mental sickness, youth, and etc. What in black and brown communities, how can you benefit from it? Is mental health actually real? Is it something that is made up? If it's not made up, then how can we, as a black and brown community, be able to seek help in the mental health field without feeling like we have, uh, like we're excluded 
from being normal. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, that's the topic for today's show. Dr. Humphrey, please introduce yourself to Chew Nation. For, but before you do that, I want to give a round of applause to Dr. Humphrey for coming on the show. Yeah. <laughs> Remember, DR is in front of her name, so put some respect on it. Put Dr. Humphrey, back. tell us real quick about yourself, um, how you became who you are today, and, you know, things like that. Okay, first, thank you for the invitation. Truly excited to be here with you all. Um, just had some time to just even look through, like, what you all represent, and I'm really, really excited to be a part of this conversation, but not only that, but just to support you all in whatever way possible. So I'm Dr. Humphrey. I am a licensed clinical professional counselor in the state of Maryland. I've been doing this for probably about 15 years. Uh, my goal and my, uh, almost like my expertise has been working with uh, African-American and Latino youth, and most, most definitely with um, the immigrant population and immigrant families. Okay. So I think this topic is definitely needed. And so excited to be here again. And like I said, you'll be able to get all my contact information. So we need to definitely unite and, and meet, make sure that we have these conversations in a more open um, area. And so I really appreciate that you all are open about this. Oh, man, there's no no problem. I think it's needed. I think the conversation, the discussion is needed. Grantastic, right. Christopher J., what do you think? Most definitely. Um, I know I always uh, speak that transparency is key. Um I, but I do also believe that something that we all suffer from is the lack of the ability to be transparent, whether it's because we're uh, oppressed or uh, being driven by a societal driven stigma where we, we don't feel like it's okay to be open, whether it's about uh, your thoughts or whether it's about your feelings. Um, a lot of times we don't, uh, like I said, I always say operate from a place of love to where we feel comfortable with being open with even what's what's little to what's uh, I'm sorry what's big to me may be little to you, mm-hmm. but I need to be able to feel like I can talk about even just that. Mm-hmm. And so ultimately, we end up finding ourselves within a shell, and 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 basically become hard-hearted, and we and and that alone, like over time, I guess becomes something a lot greater than, and that's what st- stems into mental health issues. Okay. Yeah, no, I definitely think this is a very important topic to talk about, um, kind of from like two aspects, just for myself as being a black man in America. Um, like you said, the stigmas that go along with just growing up is just like, you know, you can't talk about nothing, don't cry, don't shed no tears. Um, you know, you got to hold everything inside Message. until you explode pretty much. Um, from that aspect, that's kind of part of it. And then when I became an educator and... I could start and I started seeing these children walk into my classroom and, you know, like teachers naturally want to be like, why are you not like doing my work? But then you ask them like, are you okay? And then the answers you get from, are you okay? I started realizing that, okay, so part of like, part of my life now is not just educating my children, but also just helping them mentally as well because it's a lot that they go through Mm -hmm. and they don't have people to talk to and then it's like and also if I have nothing but black and brown students in front of me that's another stigma they're dealing with as well that they shouldn't get help so it's just like a cycle so I realized that for myself and the educator and as a husband it's just like I got to do my own mental checks and then also I got to check on the people around me because sometimes we just need to like brother are you okay right right so Dr. Humphrey um I have a question. Um, mental health, how important is it 
That's a good question. So think about it like this, right? So the brain is a muscle. Mm-hmm. And just like if you were to break your arm, you will go to the hospital. Mm. It's the same way that if your mind is broken, mental illness is real. And so I think that one of the stigmas is that you don't validate people's feelings and emotions. How does my you show oftentimes you? think about it in the sense of I can't see it because you can see a broken arm. Wow. Yeah. If, you open somebody's, if you were to open the mind and the brain, you'll see that there are different parts that are responding in a way that it triggers. Right. So if I ask you right now, how do you respond to stress? You either are going to have three types of emotions. You're either going to fight, flight, or freeze. Right. Those are your three responses. The men are mostly taught to fight. Mm -hmm. You You can't stand back. So the issue with that is your response is going to get a consequence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, heavy doctor. So for black men, it's different. Like if you respond loud or too loud, you easily get arrested. But if you think you respond too quiet, you're too submissive and you're too weak. So you have to think of mental illness and mental health and different from a different point of view, right? Yeah. For our community, yeah. you have to make it real. It is real. It is like a broken arm. Just because you can't see it, I'm telling you. I promise you. I sit next to people in front of people. And, and the stories that are shared, and then the response that I try to sit there. It's real, because then that, that stays with you. That stays inside, mm-hmm. right? And so then how, to, how does that, this is the thing about that as well. It's energy. Yes. And then the, how, they're going to show your energy in one way or another. So if you think about energy, I can't, I can't say how I feel. I can't talk to nobody. I can't seek help. So I'm going to go drink. So I'm going to go find a female that, that's going to take care of me or that's going to listen to me. Right. And then having sex. Or right. I'm going to go do drugs. I'm going to just go hit up a day and just be good with it. You're right. going to find a way to let out that energy. So the thing about it is if we were more open to having the conversation of how do you feel? Let's talk. Let's validate. Let's normalize. And Let's really make the reality that mental illness is real. And it happens and we need to address it. And I love what you just said because um, if um, based upon what you just said, if mental health was um, viewed as something that everyone do as the normal checkup, get your mental health checked out, then I believe, uh, based upon your previous statement, that a lot of the um, internal community struggles that we deal with as black and brown community will almost drop by at least 75%. Um, a lot of things, a lot of trauma happens in our communities. And Instead of uh, seeking help uh, mentally and emotionally with those traumas, we tend to be told to suck it up, be strong for your loved ones. Um, I remember when my brother, my brother uh, committed suicide in 2001, September 9th, 2001. I remember that I remember certain relative coming to me and saying, need you to be I need you to be strong for your mother. So I never properly grieved over my brother's death until the past couple of years in my life recently. And I'm 33 years old, you know, um, and I can, you know, hindsight is 2020. I look back at my life and I'm like, I can see where a lot of situations, a lot of things that I've done in my life came from the fact that I never really took care of myself mentally when it came to his death. Um, because I have, and I say that because I have a relationship with 
men today that I consider big brothers, like they are my big brothers, that push me in a positive way to be a better me or to reach that goal or to accomplish that dream. And um, I feel like I could have been um, along further. Now, I'm not condemning myself because life, the life lesson is the blessing for me. But um, I feel like I could have been a lot further in life if I would have checked on my mental health status, if that makes sense. So, yeah, mm-hmm. Greg, you guys want to add on to that for I, a second? I think the one thing that because as everyone was speaking it just kind of I just kind of clicked and realized that for especially for like the black and brown communities and dealing with the trauma and either situations here in America or situations in other countries and maybe you're trying to come to America but what we hold is like this trauma as a badge like we legit hold this trauma yeah. as like so you made it through all this that's good. Like that, we're resilient. Like yeah. and yes, we are resilient. Yeah. But that shouldn't be the badge that we wear. Mm-hmm. That's like, oh, you if you ain't gone through nothing, then it's like you ain't you, you ain't learned nothing. Yeah, yeah. Your and opinion is irrelevant. You, yeah. it, it is, and it's just like, and sometimes we really hold on. To, like, and I've been in arguments when people are like, oh, whose life is worse? Like, why are we arguing about <laughs> who's got the most trauma? Right. You right. know, it's just like, I had no spoons growing up. What'd you have, man? I ain't had no house. I had no electricity, that, bro. You ain't know what it was like. like a mental health conditioning argument right there. Right like, there. Right. Yeah. And then also, but at the same time is that, so it's like, so the conversations are not like, hey, what'd you do to establish your business? Like, what were you doing? So you took your skill and you made a business out of it? Yeah. Like, yeah. those right. conversations we're not having. We're just like, yo, like, I'm tough because I had to fight everyone in my neighborhood yeah. because the... The social economical status of our neighborhood, there's no grocery store, there's no jobs. So it's like, yeah, so we all trap it. Yeah. So it's like, oh, yeah, so because I have to do this, this is my badge because this yeah. is what our our situation is. And yeah. we hold that. We're like, yo, like, I'm tough. I'm good. I'm a man. If I've gone through trauma, where's this like, why do we have that as a badge of honor? And now, like, it's just it's a situation that, you, that you're in that you want to try to eventually get out and i was yeah. thinking i was like yo we would legit hold this stuff like a bad yeah we, yeah. we go back and forth and, yeah. I, and i think part of that is because uh we've been so brutalized here by white supremacy that that is the only thing that we can hold on to that we felt like we can hold on to christopher mm-hmm. jay what did you want to comment on what dr humphrey said um well the part that i'm really sticking to is the fact that she says that it's energy mm-hmm. um I'm, I'm big on that okay and a lot of times um, people can read that energy. So, and 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 one big thing, especially in mental health, you know, you can you can feel something's off with somebody. So you say, "Hey, man, you all right? <laughs> hey, man, you good?" Yeah. Now you, you got you got two kinds of people. You have people that just want to know because they're nosy. Hey, you all right? Mm-hmm. Just so that we can sit there and just bounce back. And then we can get to that. Oh, we're gonna bounce back. Oh, mm-hmm. what did you have wrong? Well, this is what I had wrong. Mm-hmm. Are you really helping me by discussing it? So when you ask me, are you okay? Did you really care if I was okay? Right, because right. when you ask me if I'm okay, what if it required some money? Are you gonna Are you gonna get it from me? Right, what if it required right. some time? Are you gonna give me that? Right, right. What What, what if my kidney was failing? You gonna give me one of those? Right, or could you right. help me find that? Are right. you gonna sacrifice something? Are you asking me if I'm okay because you're prepared to sacrifice something to help me get better? Right, right. Well, why right. are we asking that? So 
I, I, I do believe I'm, I'm a very big believer in that it, that it is energy, and especially as a barber, you know, someone sits down and I can tell uh, 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 if I have a returning client, and some, you know, one day or you know, give him a fresh fade, boom, everything's good. But then you know, I give him just as much of a fresh fade, and then I see something's off. What, what's going on? You all right? Like you know what? Hey, hey go ahead, and hop in my chair. I'm gonna I'm talk to my man's real quick. Because at that point, I re- only reason that I'm able to do that is because I can relate. I mean, after all, what I've learned over time is that the point of a relationship is to relate, right? Mm-hmm. So if I'm going to build my relationship with you, I'm going to go ahead and relate with you. Are you hurting? Well, I, I was hurt too, but rather than continue to talk about the hurt, how, let's find out how we can make it better. Okay. We've identified the problem, so can we find a solution? Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm, a big belie- I'm a big believer that it's energy. Now, what we do with the energy is going to determine the, 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 the end result. Dr. Humphrey, before I give you the next question, did you want to respond to anything that was just said? Yeah, so I think going to what Mr. Grant or uh, was saying earlier, it, we do that because that's how we cope. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, you can either cry about it or mm-hmm. you can make something like joke about it or mm-hmm. find humor in it, right? So we find ways to cope. And that's the one thing about the black and brown community is that it doesn't hold you down, but it's definitely a way to like, all right, we're just coping with it. Yeah. But you're absolutely right when it comes to that. What is the next move? Because at the end of the day, who suffer more doesn't even right. do it to certain right. yeah. But the so, fact that you can open up and do that is also a coping mechanism. Mm-hmm. Right. So we have a caller. I'm going to see if they are going to stick to the topic of t- today's show. Area code 301. Say your name and where you calling from. Priscilla Monroe. Okay. Uh-huh. How you doing? Talk to us. Hi, I love the show, um, everyone. So, hello, Dr. Humphrey. This is a great platform. So, and tonight's topic is so needed. Tonight's topic is so needed, and this is a topic I love to discuss. So, thank you, Dr. Humphrey, for being on the show. I have a question for you. With where we are in the world, we're dealing with COVID, we're dealing with politics, there's a lot going on. This could be going on for a long conversation. What tools could you give us if we wanted to set up a platform for your person that know they're going through things but don't want to reach out to anyone for help? Talk to a lot of people, that, and they are admitting to going through a lot of things mentally, but they, they are too afraid to seek out help. What do you suggest they do, and what tools? I think that's a great question. So a couple of things, right? So just like any illness, in order for the person to seek help, it has to be voluntary. Unfortunately, that's just how it is with mental health. Like you have to say, I'm sick. Just like if you were, if you had the flu or if you had any other ailment, you will have to say, I need help. You can't, you can't force it. Now, this is the three reasons when you can force it. When somebody's going to hurt themselves or has threatened to hurt themselves, if they're hurting you, or if they are threatening to hurt someone else. So those are the three reasons. So if at any point somebody says, you know what, I feel suicidal or I feel homicidal or someone is hurting me, you have the right to do what is called an emergency petition where the police police department will come out to the house and will take them to get evaluated at the hospital. Now, you have to be okay with that, right? So somebody's showing up to your house as a police officer and handcuffing you and taking you to get psyche valve um, can also, you know, for the person that's not only doing the call but receiving that, it can be it can be a lot. So I always say make sure that you let that person know, look, 
you're going through something and if you don't seek help, I'm gonna have to seek it for you. Um, very transparent, be very transparent with the person and let them know mm-hmm. that you love them and it's coming from a place of love. That is not coming from a place of hate, right? So that, that the reason why you're doing that is really because you wanna look out for them and because you care about them. But there are many different platforms. So if the person is willing and is open, um, I will be giving you all my information. Please reach out at any moment. So I do consultation. I can even just, we can just talk and I'll give you some resources. The crisis hotlines are available. There's, of course, suicide hotlines. Um, but please don't feel like you're, you're alone. Please don't feel like there's no help out there. There is. And what is happening now with uh, social media and everything, all the different outlets, is that we're seeing that there are more counselors of color. So what you're saying is, I want a counselor of color. Please, please, please reach out because I, I, I have a database. Um, shout out to all of my, my counselors out there who are of color. They're, they're ready and willing to work with your family. Wow. Let's give a round of applause for yeah. Dr. Huffley. Yeah. And Carla, thank you for that call. I, I appreciate that call. Uh, yeah, that, that, was, that was a beautiful question. And um, it was a very needed question. And um, yeah, I, I, I love I love this. I love the platform that we've built because we can have jokes, we can have serious conversations, and we can also have educated conversations. Right. And so what I like uh, that Dr. Humphrey uh, isn't faking the funk. She knows her stuff, and she's right here in the state of Maryland for everyone that's listening um, or will listen to this episode even when it's not live and it's just on our platforms. Um, True Radio at Facebook, True Radio on Instagram, True Radio on YouTube. Um, you know the 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 what I want to say is it's very important that when we bring these special guests on that you take full advantage uh, of when they're offering offering help because that's that's my heart for this show is that yeah we have a good time yeah we have serious conversations sometimes they're frustrating or whatever but when I bring a guest on the show who has substance I want the audience to tap into that. It only have to be on the show. It could be off off the show. Mm-hmm. Tap into that because it's there and it's available. And if, if we're not helping people, then we're hurting people. So I, you know, and and you know, I just I just wanted to say that, Doctor Humphrey. Uh, yeah. Let's say if someone was on the journey of trying to build some mental fortitude, what would you? How would with the people that you have uh, helped in your journey, what are some things that you could identify easily that um, could strengthen their mental fortitude? That's what I want to say. That's a really good question. So I'll say this. Um, one thing that I even practice is mindfulness. So always look at it from this point of view, right? So if you live in the past, you're going to enter into depression because you're going to want to undo mm. all of that stuff. When you enter into the future, you're going to enter into anxiety because you can't control none of that and you're going to want to control it. You have to stay in the present moment. So mindfulness does that. Mindfulness brings you back to the present. So right now, if anybody's feeling anxious, if anybody's feeling depressed, think about where you are. You're in a safe space. You're either in your house. You're either in your room. You're in your living room. You're listening to this podcast. You're in a safe space right now. So bring yourself back to that. And once you can bring yourself back to a grounded state where you are safe, then you can really start the healing process. And the healing process is not something that happens overnight. 
Folks, you got to work on it. It's a muscle. Your mind is a muscle. It's like working out. We can't lose weight overnight. Mm-hmm. So if you can, if you can gain it overnight, Message. you can lose it overnight. And mm. so the same way, same way with mental health, we got to remember that you you got to ground yourself first. Once you're there, then the healing can start. So that's that's number one. It's definitely to practice some mindfulness, some breathing. So with breathing, so oftentimes people are like, I remember my mom saying, I breathe all the time. What are you talking about? This is the thing. When we're in a state of anxiety or depression, oxygen is not really getting to our mind. Because we're, again, in a state of fight, fight, or freeze, and so adrenaline is kicking in. You want oxygen to get to your brain so that it calms it down. And so learn how to breathe. Learn how to hold your breath in and release it. Hold it in and release it. It's so important for um, folks to practice that because that's what's really going to help you in, in the healing process. Don't make any decisions when you're too emotional. So when you're too angry, when you're too sad, when you're even too happy, don't make any, you know, decisions. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> yeah. You know, be mindful of bringing yourself, like, check, you know, doing some checkpoints. So if you're at a 10, don't make any decisions. Bring yourself back down to a 5. It's so important for us to, to think about what we're getting ready to say and do when it comes to, you know, when we're, when we're too emotional. Yo, there was so much in that. Yeah, I know. I'm Yo, like, like, I, I, I wanted to take a picture for Christopher and I the whole time. We're just like this. <laughs> we're just all like just talking to be on that this, one. This is what I want to do. I want you two to respond. And Dr. Humphrey, I want you to respond to them. Okay? Go ahead. Absolutely. So she said, <laughs> hold on. I, I, was, I was going away. So if you are focused on the past, that will bring depression. Bring depression. Mm-hmm. If you are focused on the future, it brings anxiety. It Correct. brings anxiety. That's the realest thing I think I've ever heard. Yeah. If there ain't nothing yeah. realer, round of applause. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. But but also I think the reason why that's important to know is because you're also knowing what you're, what's triggering you. Because if you're feeling so, it's like at times if I'm feeling anxious. Then I'm like, okay, I, I'm gotta recognize what's making me feel that way. So like, I gotta focus, like, not focus on that. I gotta come back from that. Um, in times, especially, I know, like, as a man, especially being like a newlywed, there's times where I get anxious about thinking about the future because mm-hmm. I'm thinking about our planning. So I'm like, all right, cool. So what's our next phase? Like, all right, so you know, jobs, kids, why, you know, houses, what are we gonna be doing? We trying to get rid of this debt. So thinking too far in the future, so that I like. And when she said, that, I'm like, okay. So I get it. Sometimes I get anxious because I'm going too deep into the future and not really focus on the present. And then it's just like, and getting over your past is just like, because you got things that you're not happy about or you maybe is just, but that'll bring you down. But I realized, especially when I think when, after I I proposed to my wife, that's when I had anxiety for the first time because it was like, I was always thinking about the future, but now it was like my future with someone else. Yeah, and so I started thinking more and more and more and more, and why that, that I just that was just that was just deep. Like I'm just I'm over here. Let me take notes, y'all. I don't know. So, I'm over here just trying to take notes. So, <laughs> so, I get my thoughts together. So Christopher J, how do you feel about it? What do you want to? Um, I'm gonna go well, actually in order. So after that, she spoke in regards to. If you're at a 10, you know, try to bring yourself back down to a five, which, uh, you know, on many other episodes, I always talk about emotional management mm-hmm. um, because, you know, you talk about depression, anxiety. Mm-hmm. And, but I realize that 
you know, you have certain triggers, that, you know, the future triggers anxiety, the past triggers depression. Mm-hmm. Well, there's certain triggers that we have amongst relationships, you know, in regards to like the 12 sheets from earlier. Yeah, 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 so yeah. Certain yeah. things that someone else may do may trigger you. Mm-hmm. And we get so caught up in the particular emotion that was triggered that we don't pay attention to maybe that was a, a, a signal of, hey, that's a wound that needs to be healed. Mm. But we'll never be able to properly identify mm. the wound that's healed because we're too busy bleeding from the emotion, mm. whether it's anger or sadness. Right, They're right. like, oh, that hurt my feelings, and which is, again, we need to find ourselves emotionally balanced so that way we can be mindful of what we say or do as to not cause pain, let alone or, or, or also to be able to be at a point emotionally balanced where we can receive what triggered that pain that we may feel. Got you, got you. So that got that you. that emotional management stability, that that's a like I, I was listening because it, we talk about it yeah, to other yeah, people, yeah. but to hear it from someone else is just like, all right, cool, I'm yeah, listening. We were like yeah, this yeah, all yeah. the time. So so Doctor, oh, can, can I? I'm sorry, oh, I can have one more thing. And so especially we're talking about anxiety or like really like being stuck in the future. Mm-hmm. Think about what these children are going through right now. There we go. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. So because like for us it's yeah. like. <laughs> So for, <laughs> oh, so Dr. Humphrey, so when so when great things are being said on the show, there's typically our shoulder slaps for when some good nuggets yeah. drop. So when shoulder slaps happen, that's when we take a drink during shoulder slaps. And you already got us, like, almost down to the bottom of my cups. With yeah. just that one second right there that you just said. So yeah. just, just letting you know on that. Um, but just imagine what children are thinking because it's like, so we are – feeding children every day, like career in college and not like high school students. We're talking about in the middle school and elementary, there are college banners across every, uh, every school. And it's not like that's a bad thing, but think about it. It's like, are we creating the climate for anxiety, for anxiety? Yeah. But in the same token, as an educator, my Mm -hmm. brother, you already said the fact that you need a lot of times educators don't ask if that student is okay. Mm -hmm. Um, Are we neglecting, their potential depression because they're stuck in their past. They're in there now. Mm-hmm. We don't know what hurts they're dealing with. No, yeah. And we're so busy feeding them something for their future that we're mm. not we're not addressing what their now is. Yeah, right, right, right. And I think that's yeah. important for families as, as a whole to consider their mental health because when they don't do that, then that does fall into the schoolhouse. And then it's like it's difficult for me to get through a lesson when I have kids that are stuck in the past and they're depressed or kids that are anxious about their future. Because even in like in eighth grade, they're taking the PSAT and they're competing to get into high schools that if they don't want to go a particular one, they want to go into like a, a different program. So they're competing for high schools like we used to compete for college. Right. So that's right. what I'm saying is like it, it also creates like a, a a level of anxiety as well. But you're right. So it's that. If the families are not thinking about their mental health, it falls automatically to the schoolhouse. Yeah, that's why yeah. they that's why they want uh, the kids to go back right now. They don't want the kids to go back to yeah. learn. They just want the yeah. kids to get out of their house, get out their face, get out their way. Yeah, and go and all their problems go right back into school. We'll be the psychiatrist again. So, Doctor Humphrey, talk to us. Is there anything you want to respond to the two gentlemen? Yeah, absolutely. So, I think Mr. Grant, one of the things um, when it comes to marriage. Men have this um, sense of wanting to protect and provide. So men usually live in the future. And so there is this anxiety. So when there's anxiety, there's also that idea of, do I even want to get married? Because I am going to have to provide and protect her or, or him or, or whoever you, you, you're with, right? And that's real. And so then when that, when that happens, you have to always, again, make sure that you bring yourself back into you're marrying a life partner. Partner meaning a 
together, mm-hmm. right? That togetherness. And I think that men do sometimes struggle with that. Um, so the other point, one of the things that was said was that somebody made you feel a certain way or triggered you. Always understand that you control that. So nobody actually has the power to trigger or to do anything to you because actually you control your emotions and feelings. This is the thing. Ooh, it's about right. what value you put to it. So oh. somebody can come up to me right now and say, you're ugly. They have no value. I don't care about them. And oh. my husband came up to me and said it. He has, he has value to me. Yeah. And so it will yeah. matter more. So always in, in any case, I would say to any of the listeners, be mindful of what you're putting value to. There are certain people that you really shouldn't be putting value to what they say. And you should really be dismissing what they're saying because it has no value. Now, the people who are important to you, they're going to love you. And if they say something to you, you have to be mindful that it's also coming from a different place. And so you want to, you want to be, be careful with that. And then the other, the last thing um, I think that, that you talked about with, when it comes to the, whether or not we're putting, you know, uh, flags and, and, you know, the college flags and all of that. Yeah. The struggle is this, right? So you also want to make sure that you are providing them with those opportunities. Yes. And so, but then you also do want to think about all of the pressure that we put on our young people. Yeah. And so I think that there needs to be a balance. Mm -hmm. So we're also thinking about the other options, trade schools or taking a year off or learning, you know, learning something new, a skill. Um, But that is something that the school system still needs to you know, we, we, we still have some ways to go, but I yeah. definitely agree with you Listen, before we take our quick 2.2 minute break, I want to say this. One of my favorite philosophers, Jay Krishnamurti, said there is no measure of success to be fully, there's no measure of happiness to be fully integrated into a sick society. In other words, you can't even be happy, successful, or feel like you're mentally stable if the standard of all those things is is given to you from a sick society. Mm. That's powerful. He man, that's my God. Listen, we're gonna take a quick two point two minute break and when we come back we are going to have the intellectual rant. Yeah, yeah. Jay and then we're diving right back into the topic. Mental health. The number to dial is five one six five three one nine eight two eight. Five one six five three one nine eight two eight. We will be right back after this
Ladies and gentlemen, it's your boy Randy Chu, aka Mr. Chu on that, aka Mr. Slap, your great, 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 great grandmother. And I'm here with my illustrious co host, Christopher J, aka Mr. I'm Him, aka Skirt Skirt, aka I don't know if anybody told you, but I'm proud of you and I love you, aka. And so, the intellectual irritant. And I'm also here with my feature co-host, Grantastic, y'all. It's your boy, a.k.a. The Professor, a.k.a. My HBCU is better than yours, a.k.a. We did the chew and choke on that segment, so I'm happy. <laughs> Listen, The Intellectual Rant by Christopher J. Take it away. Black King. Black King. I got a question. I felt that in my soul. Are y'all okay? Now... I understand that y'all probably not used to being asked that question. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure you probably don't necessarily know what to say. Mm. So I'm going to switch it up. Because I know getting asked that question probably seems unreal. Mm. So I'm going to take it to my next question, Black Kings. How is it that y'all feel? Mm. Damn, you know what? You know what? Pause. You probably can't tell me because you have yet to be able to acknowledge that yourself. Mm. You've been reprogrammed by a system that was never designed for you. And you were always taught, forget your mental health, put that stuff on the shelf. Mm. Right? You've been taught that you alone are an issue. And in fact, you guys have been labeled as toxic. Mm. Knowing damn well that you have been hating on since day one for something as simple as your skin looking like chocolate. Mm. They have divided us amongst ourselves and programmed stereotypes amongst our own kind. They say our behaviors are differentiated by something as simple as your skin is just a tad bit darker than mine. They have separated us from our queens with government assistance Mm. and also to bring our character down. Mm -hmm. They've split up our ability to effectively communicate our emotions by identifying it with a specific shade of brown. Mm. So erase that nonsense of being too dark or you're emotional because you're light-skinned. And understand that no matter what, that they will always view you as the issue because you aren't white-skinned. So let's operate in self-love and identify our inner issues so we can dissolve them. That we may now reunite with our queens and help lead them to identify their issues so that we, we can resolve them. Mm. Mm. I know you're probably frustrated from hearing this truth. So you probably want to go ahead and ask me, nigga, where you learn that? Mm. Now, I didn't necessarily have the best role model all my life, but if you'd like to hop in my passenger seat, I can take you to the places that I've crashed and burned at. Mm. Understand, it ain't about where you come from. Mm. It's where you're going. So let's go ahead and dead all that gangster heart, let's go hard stuff and start learning to let your emotions start flowing. So if you hear nothing else in any of these words that I say, at least just understand that it's perfectly fine to not always be okay. After all, We have always been taught to provide and save 24-7. Damn near be Superman with every bit of time spent. Mm. And I say that truly heartfelt. I'm here to tell you from time to time that it is okay to be Clark Kent Mm. and feel a little pain. Because even Clark Kent had help. So don't be afraid to find your lane. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen... That was <laughs> he saw he saw it in his shana now, ladies and gentlemen. I love y'all and I'm proud of y'all. Um, 
ladies and gentlemen, that was the intellectual rant from Christopher J, my illustrious co-host. We have that was powerful, brother. I love that poem. We have, um, in fact, I'm gonna cut that snippet off and put that strictly on Instagram and YouTube as the intellectual rant highlight of today's show. Um, with that being said, um, we have a very powerful woman on as a special guest. Her name is Dr. Humphrey. We are talking mental health. The number to dial is 516-531-9828, 516-531-9828. Please, while we have her on True Nation, let's talk to her audience if you want to call in and, 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 and get some 30 seconds to a two-minute counseling session on in your life, then <laughs> please call in. Because it's free. After two minutes, we got to bill you. Yeah, <laughs> after two minutes, we got to bill you. You know what I mean? The, the, look, listen, you, you contact Dr. Humphrey, say you are part of Chew Nation. You get a free 30-second to two-minute consultation. After that, she got to charge you them ducats. <laughs> Dr. Humphrey, I have some more questions for you. When you're dealing with mental, when you're dealing with clients that are that have mental health issues, is there actually a time stamp on their mental healing? Wow, what a powerful question! So, a couple of things. So, always think about mental health in the sense of it's not diagnosed until it actually affects or impacts your everyday life. So if you can't get up in the morning, you can't brush your teeth, you can't go to work, that's when it really becomes a mental health issue or concern. Yes, yes. Always keep that that in mind, right? Because oftentimes we go around actually saying, you're bipolar, you're this, you're that. You you can still keep a job, you're still taking care of your family. Stop calling each other names. Stop speaking it out into existence. Mm. Be mindful of the words that we're saying that comes out of our mouth. So that's number one, that, that it's not just an easy diagnosis. And just like it's not an easy diagnosis, the healing process can take between six months to a year to your entire life. Mm. The reality of it is, it just depends on you. It's work. It's just, again, right? Like, it, it's, again, it's, it's how much work you put say, into say, it. say that again for the listening audience. You said that it's work and it depends on who? On you. It really depends on mm. you. Mm. It depends on, on how much, you know, and so... How much you invest in it is really going to make a difference. And so if you, if you decide that you, you want to start, you know, going to counseling, you really want to take it serious, but you don't show up to your sessions. You only show up and say, hey, I can only be here for 30 minutes instead of the full 50, 60 minutes. It's going to depend on you. If you then are given some homework, like journaling or practicing breathing or mindfulness, and you're like, nah, I'm not about it. I don't feel it. Then... That's as much as, as work as you're going to put in. Right, so right. it's all going to depend on you. Wow, that's powerful. I, I agree with that, even from a medical standpoint, because I know we often talked about in other episodes that time itself doesn't necessarily heal all wounds. Correct. And in regards Correct. to what you said earlier, in regards to the triggering, um, as a rebuttal to what I said, um, which I'm in total agreement with, by the way, um, we aren't responsible for the pain that's caused. However, we're responsible for our reactions or, or even our healing. Mm. So just like you said, um, it's up to us. We have to do the work. Your time doesn't heal wounds. I feel like time is given to I got to cut you off because you just said something and I don't want to forget this train of thought. As a former boxer, 
we are programmed that when we feel pain to push past it to accomplish the goal. I was always taught that pain isn't the problem. It's just the indicator that there is a problem. Mm. And we focus so much on indicators, <laughs> which mm. instead of actually, fo- for example, you're driving in your car and the gas light comes on. The gas light is an indicator to the actual problem is you need to get gas. So you're not fixing the gas light. You're uh, you're fixing or bringing a solution to the gas tank. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And oftentimes when we deal with pain, we are so quick to want to ease the pain mm-hmm. and not focus on the actual thing that is producing the pain. Therefore, we focus more on the band-aid rather than the actual source. And I'll add something to that because then you got those people that they see the light and they're like, I know my car. I know I got like such and such ways. I can go to work four or five times because I'm like that. I'll see my light. I'm like, man, I got like three more days until I need to really get that. Yeah. But then yeah. all, and that's what people see like the indicator, like what's the problem? They're like, man, I don't got time like to fix that. Like, yeah. That. Yeah. Um, and I think that's also an issue because it just goes unresolved unresolved and then you find yourself stranded on the side of the road because you're like oh i i I know my car i know how far i can get you know i'll be all right and then you run completely out of gas yeah and then now you have a bigger issue you have a bigger issue and you're rock bottom and then you're like okay so now i need somebody to help take me to the place that's going to help solve this problem when an indicator earlier was saying you have a problem and i know for myself i've gone through that where it's just like i've had indicators and i was just like Nah, I think I'm good. I can suck it up. You know, mm-hmm. I'm a man. I can suck it up. And then I felt rock bottom. And yeah. then that's where I was just like, yeah. I'm out of answers, out of energy. And, and kind of like what Dr. Humphrey was saying, where to the point where it is now is, is interfering in my everyday life. So it's just like, you're just like, I'm good. I can, you know, wait a little bit. And you keep pushing it. You keep pushing it till it really affects you. And that's because I know all those car people who see the light and they're like, man, I got like two or three more days. It took me 30 years to realize that it's actually more you actually show more strength by saying I need help than it is to try to play it off like you don't need help Um, Christopher J I'm going to let you finish your statement and Dr. Humphrey I want you to chime in on to what we all just were speaking on um, did you want I'm sorry I hope I didn't make you no 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 no. I'm, I'm really big on the whole um, especially being in the medical field, I'm really big on uh, identifying a wound or an injury at its source and truly taking the necessary steps to actually allow it to heal rather than just constantly throwing a Band-Aid on something. Because I don't understand people. I don't know if people understand. I'm sorry. If you have like an open wound and you throw a Band-Aid on it and you let it fester for too long, thinking that the Band-Aid is going to do the healing, that you actually are going to potentially allow it to get infected mm. and trying to cover it up, thinking that you're fixing the issue. Mm-hmm. And then when you actually decide, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and truly heal this, this, this wound. When you go to actually peel that Band-Aid back off of an infected wound, it hurts just a tad bit more than the actual wound itself. And then you still have to go in and dig out the infection and treat it as such. So you're ultimately causing yourself more pain than the actual wound that you were inflicted upon initially. 
and and that's why I, I need to make sure that people understand that it is okay to not be okay mm-hmm. by identifying that first. Now we can get you to a point to where we can be okay. Is it a mental health issue to actually realize that you're that you have a problem with expressing that you're not okay, Doctor Humphrey? Well, I think that's a I think that's a good question. So you got to think of why you're in denial. Right, because all of us have something that we have going on. I mean, the reality of it is, life isn't easy, and it's not easy for anyone. But the but the thing about it is, if I'm able to voice that, that's good. If you're always like, "No, I'm good, I'm good," you're just in denial. Mm-hmm. So there's a saying that's in counseling that you want to comfort the afflicted, and then you want to afflict the comfort, meaning that those who are <laughs> right, oh so those who are struggling. Come on. I feel bad for you, Chris. That's what he get for being the cream of this oil up here. <laughs> <laughs> I, work, I, work, I work out. I work out regularly. I, no, I work out regularly. My shoulders are big enough. We're good. I'm okay. <laughs> He's got the shoulders to hold the control. No, I appreciate it. Don't worry. If I'm ever hurt, I'll let you know. <laughs> Go ahead, doctor. I'm sorry. I mean, so you want to, so in in essence, right, so those who come to us in this start, you want to be able to provide them that comfort, right? You want to build that relationship, the rapport, you want to, you want to help them. But for those who are like, no, I'm good, I'm good. I love those people because I would love a good challenge because I'll let you know how you're not and how you need help, but not in a mean way or in a mean spirited way, but more so in a way of growth. We have to grow. That's yes. the only way you're going to be able to grow. Yeah. Um, so a couple of things, right? So this is saying that um, E plus R equals O. And what that means is the events are going to happen in our life. How we respond to them, how we react to them, is going to equal your outcome. So how are you going to respond to the next event that you don't like? Mm. What's going to be the outcome of that? So that's going to be depending on you. The other thing that you want to think about is this big word. It's called neuroplasticity. What that word means is pretty much that we can actually retrain our brain to do things different than what we're used to. And so for the longest time, there was this idea that it's a habit. You know how to do it. So you just got to keep doing the same thing. You do the same thing. But it's not. You can actually retrain your brain to do things differently. Yes, and so yes. I encourage you to, to really start thinking of if there's something that happens every time and you respond to it in the same way and it leads to the same results that you don't like, yeah, at some point you gotta let that go and try something different. So, Doctor Humphrey, I'm a little ghetto. Can you uh, can you spell out that word that you just said? <laughs> so it really is just uh, it's neuroplasticity. But again, um, it's more so not not the big word, but more so about what it means is that you can retrain your brain. Got it, got and so. Um, I'm, I'm, I remember that. In, I'm feeling that word. Just letting you know that. So I have. Yeah. Go for it. So someone in True Nation has a question. What are some tips to dealing with grief of the loss of a loved one? So that's good. So a couple of things, right? So with grief, um, it's one of the things where we do say time helps, and it does, right? And I know that's cliche and that we hear it all the time. But that's the pain, anything with pain. If it doesn't make you stronger, it kills you. So you have to understand that death is a part of the cycle of life. And so we eventually, That's you got to go through that cycle yeah. of denial, depression, anger, and then you eventually get into acceptance. You have to accept that that is a part of it. And so what I always say to folks, right, is that 
because they're not here in the physical doesn't mean that they're not here in the spiritual. That that does not mean that they're not here in our minds and that they're not here in our hearts. And so what would that person want for you to do? How can you honor them mm. now that they're no longer here in the physical? Mm. So you mm-hmm. want to always encourage folks that although some things may seem final, you, if you're still breathing, as long as I'm still breathing, that person that has passed, they're still alive. Yeah. So I make sure that I honor them on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Message. No, that's definitely for real, though. And 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 kind of going into another aspect of that, of especially like losing loved ones. And this is kind of what I've been telling, like my mother, and then like some of my aunts and uncles in my family, is like get your affairs in order, because it's just like because at some point you are going to leave this earth. But it's one thing to have to deal with the grief of losing you, but it's also of the grief of losing you and everything you have is now in a disarray and is a mess. You have no will. You have no estate. We're just, you know, people trying to figure out how they're getting cuts and stuff here and there. And that's the one. And I learned that from one of uh, my mentors that she lost her father. And she was saying one thing that helped her and the family get through, like, not make it good, but it's just a part that wasn't extra weight was that her father took care of all his affairs. Mm-hmm. So instead of just losing somebody at the same time, and then also how do we bury you? How do we pay for the reception? How do we do all this? So it's like this extra thing to put on top of that. And that's the one thing I definitely encourage, especially people in the black and brown community, because this is like have life insurance, have your will, have your estate, because it's, people are going to have to go through the grieving process if they lose you. But it's going to be more on top of that. So I got to lose you and figure out how I'm paying for stuff. Your death should come up. Yeah. Yeah. And because that's In the words of T.K. Kirkland, your death should be to come up. Because white folks doing it. Yes. That's they come up. Yes. Matter of fact, they poison each other to get uh, come up. (laughs) (laughs) So that's what I'm saying. Freaking mom. (laughs) Do it, man. (laughs) So, So real quick. So get yourself the will, get life insurance, uh, people. Get your, get your stuff in, because uh, you are going to leave this planet. And if you have children, they're going to have to deal with it. You have loved ones, they're going to have to deal with it. So get your life insurance, get your estate, get your will, get all that set as, when you can, so that they can grieve and not have to worry about how they're going to pay, pay pay to bury you. So another True Nation uh, fan has another question, Doctor Humphrey. Um, outside of the other comments like, yo, bring her back and all that stuff. Um, uh, they, ha- they say, do you think mental health will get worse because of the isolation that people slash children are going through during COVID? That's a, um, that's a deep question. So just going back to Mr. Branson, one of the things that you also have to understand is that with grief, it's a normal reaction to Mm-hmm. what's going on. So oftentimes we say, get over it. Don't, that's not okay. Yeah. Grief is real and that allow people to, to grieve. Yeah. And so, um, but after two weeks, two, three weeks, if you're still in the same state, please seek help. It is so important. And if you know anybody that has already been two weeks and they still can't get out of bed or crying every day, please get them the help they need. And so moving to COVID, so as somebody who survived COVID in um, June, I'll tell you that this, um, this illness, this virus, is a mental health virus. Um, with any other sickness, my mom could come over and give me soup. My husband could have gave me a hug. With this one, I was alone. For 14 days, I was alone. I couldn't smell. I had body aches. I had headaches. 
name it, I felt it. And I was alone. And so in that process, you either seek, you either seek a spiritual being or you really become sad. It was really a moment where I really had to sit and do a lot of meditation and prayer and really seek some guidance from, from the man up above. And so I'll tell you, um, absolutely, we are going to definitely see in the school system more young people that are going to come back saying, I need help, and I need it because I've been alone, or I haven't had the support that I usually have in the school system. Mm-hmm. The way that Mr. Grant and I met is because when I saw him and how he interacted with the youth, I knew that he was really about them. It wasn't yes. fake. It wasn't, it wasn't just like, oh, I'm pretending. I'm just doing it because I hate. Like, he really, really believes in them. Yes. And so yes. I connect with people that have the same vision and mission that I do. And, it, and so for me, it was great to see a, brother, a black man showing these young black and brown boys that he cared about them. And so I'll say to you that we're going to need everybody. Yes. We're going to need as much support as we can get when these young people get back. Because, yes, we're going to see this, this COVID-19 is not only a physical ailment, it is also a mental health ailment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and especially in, that, in, in our area, Cohen. You know what I'm talking about. It was hit very, oh, very hard. Absolutely. So, so Dr. Humphrey, I'm, I want to give you two minutes right now to say to the listening audience um, anything that's on your heart and mind to say to them, um, and also keep in mind that even after tonight's live broadcast, it'll be posted on all our social media platforms. So people in the future will be listening to this as well. Um, so just a real quick two minutes, something you want to uh, leave with the people. And also give the contact information, how people can contact you on a professional basis. Um, ladies and gentlemen, she is married. Respect her. She does have doctor in front of her name. Give her the respect she deserves. Dr. Humphrey. All right. Yeah. So a couple of things, right? So always keep in mind that um, when in any situation, please, please, please make sure that you're doing good before you say that somebody else needs help. Um, You can't, you can't make other person seek help if you can't seek help yourself. Please, if you know that you need help, get the help that you need. If you know that somebody else needs help, make sure that you are there with them. We have to normalize mental health. We have to normalize and validate people's emotions and feelings. But more than anything is love. Love one another. I I know many people who are great therapists and great at what they do, but a person can feel when you don't really genuinely care about them. Mm. A person can feel when you don't love them. So please uh, make sure that we're showing love to one another. Stick together. And and, and we're going to get through any ups and downs. What has helped is having that support system whether it's a spiritual support system, whether it's a brotherhood, it's all about having that support system. So um, huge shout out again to you guys. I really appreciate being on the show. If you want to reach me, you can reach me a couple of ways on Dr. Eunice Humphrey on Instagram. You can also find me on uh, Facebook. And then my email, Humphrey, H-U-M-P-H-R-E-Y, 0820 at gmail.com. Please reach out. Please let me know if you need anything. If you need some additional support, I'll also be putting together a website, which I'll send this to Mr. Grant, and he can um, share with everyone and be able to just, you know, whatever, again, whatever you all need, uh, I'm here for you all. Thank you again. 
No, thank you give for applause, yeah. Man. Give a round of applause. Yeah, give a round of applause, Zach Mavic. Yes, Queen. Um, listen. Um, tonight's show, I feel like was a was the very good um, show. It, it had a lot of information, a lot of uh, um, insightful words that I, I feel like the listeners will really digest and um, I just want to say this before I take a quick one minute break I want to say this that um, please hit up Dr. Humphrey if you're really going through it I know I joke a lot on the show about you know um, people's weight um, and 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 or things that you're going through in life but all seriousness if you're really going through something please Reach out to somebody um, and really get some help because at the end of the day, I don't care if you are 300 pounds or not, your life it has value to it. You know, it may not mean nothing to I me. I apologize, Dr. Humphrey. <laughs> you didn't know what you was about to walk into. I apologize. It, it may not mean nothing to me, but to somebody, you mean a lot. <laughs> I'll take a quick one minute break and when we come back, I'm going to get my final thoughts and we're going to end the show, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be right back after this quick commercial break. I can't. I was about to go in deep. But hey, if you wait hey, Dr. Hey, Dr. Humphrey, I'm sorry. I had to get one in every episode. I got to get one in at least. I, was, I mean, my, what's your beef with old people? I mean, they need love, too. Watch out for the big girls. Watch out for the big girls. It's actually no beef. It's just a little joke I like to say. It's all. Oh, <laughs> I, I figured I was waiting for it. I mean, you're talking about smack your grandmother or grandma. I was like, what? Yeah, yeah. No, I like, I, like to, I like to joke a little bit. That's all. You know, no, I'm, I'm all for jokes. Um, some people can't take them, but I'm all no, for Yeah, that, yeah. Laughter is medicine. We need that. No, we do. Yeah, it is. We're going to take this quick break and we'll be right back, okay? Ladies and gentlemen, your boy Randy Chew, Mr. Chew on that, and here's my final thoughts for today's show on mental health. We had an awesome guest, Dr. Humphrey, was on the show. She did an awesome job. Um, I just want to say this. Mental health is real. Um, I want to provide, provide some st- statistics real quick. In the United States, almost half of adults almost have, which is 46.4%, will experience a mental illness during their lifetime. 5% of adults 18 or older experience a mental illness in any one year, equivalent to 43.8 million people. I also want to say that uh, adults in the United States with any mental disorder in a one-year period, 14% have one disorder, 5% have two disorders, 6% have three or more. Um, in the United States, only 41% of the people who had mental disorders in the past year received professional health care other services. Ladies and gentlemen, your mental health is of value. Your mental
And so fortitude is of value. If you need help, seek help. If you are afraid to get help, I want you to grow a pair and realize it takes more bravery to get help than it does to act like you're tough. Because at the end of the day, all that acting eventually is going to crumble you. Mm-hmm. I want to bring up the etymology of the word actor. The word actor, if you break down the etymology of the word, it goes all the way back to an ancient Mesopotamian word, which means hypocrite. So in other words, when you act like you're tough, you're being a hypocrite. Mm-hmm. When you act like your life is together, you're being a, hy- a hypocrite. Mm-hmm. In other words, a person can define your life by the word hypocrisy. You are merely acting something that you're not. In other words, when you watch a movie, you will say, oh, Denzel Washington is a great hypocrite. Why? Because he's acting a role. You are acting a role when you do not seek professional help when you really need it. And ladies and gentlemen, I just want to say you can like it, you can love it, but you definitely need to chew on that. It's your boy Randy Chu. We'll see y'all next week. Deuces! Chew on that, Hey, Dr. Humphrey, we really appreciate you being on the show. That was like fire. Thank you.